0: You're listening to Builder Funnel Radio. This is the Building a Family Business Show with Weston Brooks Powell. Let's dive in. The Powell Family construction business has been around for over 110 years. Over that time, it's evolved and been through four generations of the Powell Family. What started as a new construction business building spec homes in the Seattle area evolved to building communities, remodeling, building custom homes, and then getting involved with property management. Today, the business currently owns and operates two retirement and assisted living facilities, several apartment buildings, and does third-party property management in the Seattle area, with about 750 total doors under management. Over the last several decades, Wes and Brooks have seen it all when it comes to business evolution, family dynamics in the construction industry. This is the show where I work to extract their knowledge and experiences to help you navigate family dynamics, among other things, in your construction business. Let's dive into the show. Happy clients, more profits, less stress. That's the trifecta of the construction business. We all want that, right? Well, after working and talking with hundreds of builders and remodelers over the past two years, BuildBook has discovered the one common ingredient that determines the success of your construction business, the client experience. Yes, if you drop the ball anywhere in the client experience from the first impression to the final payment, things get super messy, super quickly. BuildBook has spent the past several months developing the first-of-its-kind platform that focuses on helping you deliver throughout the client journey, the one thing standing between you and achieving the trifecta of construction. It starts with marketing tools to attract the right leads, add in sales tools so you can win the best projects, and finish with project tools that knock your client's socks off. If you're looking for an unfair advantage in your business, this is it. Head on over to buildbook.co now to try it free for yourself. That's buildbook.co. All right, let's get back to the show. Hey, and welcome back to Building a Family Business here on Builder Funnel Radio. As always, joined by Wes. How's it going, Wes?
1: Hey, how
2: you doing?
0: And we do have Brooks with us as well. Brooks, how are you?
2: I'm doing fantastic, Spence. How are you
0: doing? Good, good. I'm uh, a little sleep-deprived, but other than that, also fantastic. So, <laughs> yeah, been working well, on uh, the next
2: 30 years.
0: <laughs> I know, you know, I, it was super encouraging, you know, talking to you guys. Had our second uh, second boy here a few weeks ago, and both of you just said, oh, yeah, pretty much once you have kids, just get used to not sleeping. So, That's right. right. Yeah. I've I'm prepping myself for now a lifetime. of never getting that sleep back. You'll never sleep the
2: same way again. Yeah, yeah exactly. I think that was more, it. you just never sleep the same way again.
0: Yeah. yeah right. Right. Oh, what was that noise? Oh, somebody on the move. Yeah.
2: That's right.
0: <laughs> yeah, you definitely. I, I've always been a heavy sleeper and I can already feel, feel that lightening up.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, got a, I got a neighbor who uh, starts his truck at three 30 every morning. And it's not super loud, but it's got a little bit of a tuned exhaust or something. And it's like, you know, guarantees like, oh yeah, there's Bob fired up his truck to go to work, you know, and then I wait 10 minutes while he warms it up and then he, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, And He'll do you, be you fall back, back asleep
1: time. or? Well, you should <laughs> and, just be thinking, the day, I'm, really,
2: I'm really glad I'm not going to work at three. So, that's right. Yeah. He works, that out, he works out the port and he's got a, you know, he's got a long, he works, you know, 12s and he's got super long days and. Yeah, but he's definitely, you know, I'm sure he just hit the, you know, the remote start, you know, <laughs> <from his> <laughs> <head>. <laughs> yeah. you know. So all his neighbors will listen to the rumble, you know, while he finally.
0: Yeah, you know, Mosey's out there 10 or 15 Mosey's minutes out there. later. <laughs> yeah.
2: I can always tell you can just hear him drop it into gear, rolls out of his driveway. Yeah, it's pretty funny.
0: That would have been perfect for my high school self. I was a little... Uh, a little bit weird in that, I, or maybe a lot bit weird, that right. I would set my alarm for 1.30 or 2 in the morning because I loved the feeling of waking up and knowing I've got four more hours of sleep. And so, then I go back to sleep. <laughs> I'm
2: going to put that down a little bit Every time I hear you tell that story, I think, oh my
0: I know it doesn't make any sense other than I always remember when you naturally wake up on a school day or something and it's two in the morning. I remember just internally cheering like, oh, yes, I've got more sleep. I don't need to get up yet. And then for some reason that turned into I want this feeling every. <laughs> and uh, I'd fall back asleep within like 15 seconds, you know, but you'd get that little moment. So, uh oh. Yeah. yeah. So if, if you want, share your uh, share your odd quirks with us on the, on the comments of this this episode. <laughs> no, just
1: keep it PG. Yeah, yeah. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Would you? Yeah. Otherwise, we have to just go in and be deleting stuff all the time. Well, we're not going to talk about sleep uh, for this episode, but uh, we kind of wanted to build off of some of these discussions we've been having around transitions and you know the different dynamics you have when you have multiple generations and moving a business forward just seems like it's super complex and the idea of well like estate planning came up so I think we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that but then kind of work into some of the more challenging pieces but I guess Wes maybe we'll start there with estate planning I guess let's hit some high level points on what should people be thinking about there that maybe relates to transferring of a business and and some of those kind of details
1: I hey mean boy I don't know there is a lot there but I think it, a lot of it depends on how your business is structured. Is it you know is it an LLC or some other format? But you depends on what you want to have happen to that business. I think that's the first question. Do you expect this business when you pass to be liquidated, or if that's not your desire, you know, if you want it to be going down to the next generation, if you have kids working in the business. Kind of have to think through from a practical standpoint, how you want it to look, you know, and you don't have to get into the ins and outs of all the legal details. I mean, you'll have to get there eventually, but just think about what you want for your business and for your heirs, or whether you want your heirs to receive anything or not. <laughs> it could be quite the opposite. Maybe you want to leave everything to the local library or something. So so sorry, Johnny, but uh, that's just the way we we rolled on this
2: one. He <laughs> didn't know. But uh, so think oh, about it just, I think it's always good to surprise them too. It's always good. great surprise. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. yeah, Rule
1: number one: Don't talk to your heirs about what you're doing yeah. at all. You know, keep it all under wraps. Build uh, a
0: big business and then just pass it off to the. And library. then just yeah. you know don't
1: tell anyone what's going to happen, and then just check out and not be able to tell anybody what you were thinking. So that's one strategy. Uh, <laughs> another strategy would be to have conversations with people that are involved and, and have their life tied up in this as well. I would start there and then once you have thought through what you want to have happen from a practical standpoint, this would be the end result. You know this is my end result after'm I'm, I'm gone. this is what I would want to have happen. Then that's where you call in your attorney and your accountant and start to work through what are the the legal structures that you can put together to, to make that happen. At this point, I'll punt it over to Brooks for legal structures.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> hey, thanks, <bud>. yeah. <laughs> I agree with what Wes is saying, that there is the legal structure of what you, what you have to set up. And so definitely you've got to bring in your estate planning attorney. You, you may have, you should bring your CPA in you may have your business attorney who's different than your estate planning attorney all you know they just talk about you know putting together a team of people that are going to help you do this plan i mean this is not some you know if you're a, you have an estate of any size and this is not something you do pull just something off the internet and think oh yeah okay i'll just you know i'll fill out this form cuz you wanted to save you know 10 grand so it's not that but you do want to do your own due diligence and try to figure out what you think you want to have happen so you don't spend hours and hours and hours with uh, the legal team coming up with these different scenarios. Better to have talked about it with, if you have a partner, you know, business partner or life partner, talk with them about what you're thinking. Talk to your friends or, you know, or other business people that you know and say, hey, I'm thinking about trying to figure out these different structures. What What have you done? And you're going to get all sorts of answers. You'll get people like, I just haven't thought about it to people like, Oh, well, I have a very detailed plan. And, you know, most people are willing to share. They may not want to share, you know, the dollars and cents of everything, but just conceptually, you know, what they've been thinking or what they've set up.
0: So basically what you're saying there, like decide the outcome. So this is what I would like it to look like. And then you pull in the legal team to go, okay, how do I accomplish? Yep.
2: So, yeah. So that's all the legal aspects of it. And, and what I think Wes and I have been discovering over the last you know couple of years is that there's the legal aspect that happens when someone dies, but there's all this other stuff that happens before then. So it's easier to think about these things in terms of, oh, you know, someone's killed in a car wreck. There's kind of this immediate, you know, someone has passed and now the estate plan is activated or, the business transition plans activated by that significant event. Typically, it's not that way. It's mostly people get older and they either keep running their business while they're as they get older and they lose capacity or they don't, or but somehow they're somehow participating and the business keeps running on and there's not really a transition. So I think that's more the softer side of, you know, how do you transition a business? Um, the mechanics of that which really are different than an estate plan. Estate plans like after I pass, this is what happens.
1: And I think um, that's a good point, Brooks, because the estate plan by its very nature is not time fixed in the sense that, you know, you don't Mm -hmm. know when that event will happen. And so that, because of that, you really need to do some other stuff around transitioning your business because otherwise, I mean, there's a couple of things that could happen. If you could think about it, you know, oh, someone could pass very early, you know, through an accident or something. And then that triggers a whole set of things. That Maybe the business isn't ready to transition or those types of things. And that happens. Or the opposite end of the spectrum is someone never transitions out. And, you know, they actually are still kind of engaged well into their 80s and 90s. and you know I've even heard of instances of people in their early 100s <laughs> never quite transitioning out of the business. What that does is for the next generation or whoever is transitioning to the business, it creates a lot of uncertainty for them. And so then that can have unintended consequences where maybe the folks that you were thinking were going to take over your business are no longer there because they just got tired of, they retired.
2: Maybe they've already retired. Maybe they retire, right? <laughs> you know,
1: you, you always kind of, it's kind of a joke, you know, around family businesses where you've got you know, the dad who's who's uh, 98 and you've got the son, you know, or daughter who's well into you know. their 70s or you know, early 80s, in there. <laughs> and there.
2: yeah, and they're just like, hey, I'm waiting for dad to you know transition the business. It's like right. Yeah.
1: And their kids, you know, the grandkids are retiring.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, very well could be, very well could be. Right. The important thing is as a business owner, as a business leader, I feel pretty strongly that you have a responsibility to lead. However that is, and you, and you have a responsibility or you and your partners to lead the company and provide a path and whatever that path is. And I, I think as time has gone on, I've thought more that if you should provide a path for that company to go on without you, however that is, and do that in a, in a, in a leadership manner, instead of just kind of like, well, you know, we'll just see what happens or, you know, and even if you want to run the business till you kick it and you think you're you're going to run it till you're a hundred, well, that's fine. You know, but don't, uh, And do do that and say that and do it and then deal with the consequences of how, of what happens when, when that occurs, you know, when you do that, because there are consequences. If you want to die, you know, die in the cockpit, you know, with the the stick in your hand, you're like, I'm going to run this thing till it's done. You'll probably be doing it by yourself or with, with hired people. And uh, there won't be any family members around. They're going to age out. (coughs) They're just going to age out
0: yeah it feels like in this scenario where like kind of the there's the estate piece but then the other documents of moving the business forward, I mean it's it's where the owner is still at least hundred percent or heavily involved, and then the next generation is maybe involved to some degree or not at all, but they're hoping like you said, maybe they're waiting. But it's a weird scenario. it feels like because you've got so many variables and so many unknowns. Or there could be, I guess, if depending on how the leader is is operating or that initial founder. And so you've got to, I guess, how how often should you be talking about this? Because it seems like it it could either just keep going, like you said, like somebody could live to a hundred, or you know, or not. And so there's just a lot of gray area. I don't yeah. know, Wes. What do you think?
1: Well, I, I think uh, you should talk be talking about at least annually, right? So I think the first step would be for you as the leader. As Brooks points out, the leader and the owner figure out what you want for this business and write that down. <laughs> so write it down on paper and say this is my business plan. You know, my ultimate business plan, and you know whether it's uh, I want to operate this until I'm sixty or I'm seventy, and you know I want family members to be involved, and this is how I see them being involved, and this is how I would see sharing ownership or not sharing ownership you know whatever you see as the vision for your business you need to write that down and if you have family members that are coming into the business either they're, they're not there yet or they are you know but once you develop that if they're in the business then you need to sit down with them pretty quickly and have a discussion you know go out for coffee set up a special meeting just for that and say hey this is what I'm thinking now how does that fit with what you're thinking you know so if you've got kids in the business you need to get input from them as to what they were thinking because they may have a radically different viewpoint and some of that's just because of your age and perspective right so you you may not as a kid you may not even understand what all the ramifications are what what the parent is thinking.
0: The more time I spend in the marketing business, the more I realize that marketing isn't just about your website, signage, social media, and print collateral. Marketing really sits across every part of your business. It starts with your brand, your signs, your website, but it continues on through the sales process. How you present yourself and your company on a sales call incorporates marketing. And just as importantly, how you deliver your service to your client is marketing. The feelings that they have in the middle and the end of the project are big factors in determining whether they will spread the word about you. At the end of the day, marketing across the entire customer life cycle is really tough. That's why I love what BuildBook is up to. They've been working hard to bridge those gaps and solve those problems. Their new tools start on the marketing side, continue into the sales conversation and finish with the project. Get these three elements working together and your business will be humming along. Happy clients, more profits, less stress. If you're aiming for the trifecta of the construction business, head on over to buildbook.co to try it free for yourself. That's buildbook.co. All right, let's get back to the show.
1: So I think that's that's step one is have a good business plan, but a business plan around your arc for the business and what the family members, how, how they would participate. Or how you see them participating, but then you have to revisit it. I think regularly because everything changes, right? Sure. It does well; it doesn't do well. You know, people change their mind; they come and they go. So you got to sit down. I would say once a year, Brooks. You may feel differently. No, I think once a year. I mean,
2: more often is too much because these yeah. are bigger lifetime things. But I think the uh, just like you said to us is that you need to be checking in with your players. I mean, which is if you're if you're saying I'm trying to build a family business, I'm trying to bring. My kids into it which is kind of just i say we, we you know we use that example because that's probably 99 percent of you know where, where that occurs and you got to be talking to your kids and, and at whatever point you are in it and say here you know here's what i'm thinking you know what are you thinking and i mean so like for example uh todd and i were very clear in our business that this business would not transition to another to the next generation so we are just, I mean, we were clear around the dinner table when the kids were 10. Hey, you know, this is not going to be something we transition to you guys. You know, our, our plan instead is we're going to, you know, convert the construction business into, you know, a rental portfolio and you guys will participate that way. And that's how we're going to transfer, our, you know, transfer our assets so that we're just very clear about that. So it was never about the ongoing business. So we had clarity about that very early. And we had those conversations annually, for sure, because there were some years just like, well, good news, you know, there's not going to be any business to transfer anyway due to the recession. So, you know, (laughs) know, not to worry. (laughs) It
1: becomes even more valuable to have those conversations if you have some kids working in the business and some not working in the business, which was certainly the case. You know, there's five kids in our, our family or our siblings. You know, Brooks and I have three brothers and sisters. And some of us work in the business, some of us did not work in the business or some worked in the business for periods of time and didn't for other periods of time. And if there's no conversation on a regular basis about what that means or doesn't mean, then that can lead to a lot of, I think, strife or misunderstanding
0: within- Probably a lot of assumptions. assumptions. Yeah. A lot oh, of assumptions,
1: right, yeah. And if the if you as the, the leader and the owner don't do a good job of facilitating that, then, or or if you don't talk about it, then this is what happens. People just fill in the blanks. Whatever it is, the question that you didn't answer and they didn't ask, then it's just fill in the blank. And typically that can go one of two ways. I mean, you know, if they fill it in, (laughs) they either fill it in with a very positive answer that may be, you know, dashed later, you know, to to their chagrin, or they fill it in with a very negative answer, and that's very corrosive too. I think within the the family business. So once again, <laughs> we've talked about it so many times in those po- podcasts, but it really comes down to communication you know, heavy over-communication, especially. Over-communication.
0: Yeah. It's almost, I, I get the sense that it's almost like three or four times the amount of communication oh, sure. you know, then. Not family. a
2: bad, not a bad metric. Yes. When you think about how often you check in with your employees and your, and your managers, people that work for you, like, okay, I want to make sure this person is in position. They like what they're doing. They're not going to leave so that you have your team together. I think often yeah. as We don't do that with family members because we're like, oh, well, you know, they're here. Yeah, I don't really need to worry about that. And actually, you need to do it more uh, because if you have family members that are in the business, there could be some that are in it because they're very aggressive and they are like, hey, this is an opportunity to really, you know, do something more than I would somewhere else. You could have the flip side if you have someone's like, well, it's a good place to work. You know, (laughs) you don't have to work that hard, you know, so you could have, you're going to have the spectrum of family members, most likely. You got to over communicate. I think, like Wes says, and I think
1: once once you've got your plan kind of written down and you've started to communicate that, and and maybe people are really in agreement, but then if you've talked about okay, this is the length of time, this is kind of the metrics I need to meet in order to start transitioning the business, then you really need to get those things in place. If you're going to be doing some sort of a stock sale, or you know, you, you need to start getting things in place like buy sell agreements and Maybe a stock purchase plan or any of those types of things that will actually allow that progression to start. What you wouldn't really want to have happen is yes, here's my plan. This is what I'm thinking. And then you know, every year you review that, and that plan you just keep moving the gold posts out. And that's probably not an uncommon occurrence. Oh, totally common especially if the owner is really enjoying it <laughs> out there. This is great. This is I'm fun. The you money. Know? Yeah. The business is doing well. I enjoy having my kids in the business and you know,
2: why would I ever want to leave? You know, so. Why would I want to turn off this money tap? Yeah. You know,
1: there are lots of, lots of reasons. So that, that's another thing you got to be honest with
2: yourself about. Too. I think the thing that as a leader, as we're talking about, we're talking about, okay, as a, Building a family business. We're talking about estate plans. We're talking about trying to transition a business. And you know, what's more important than the estate plan? You know, is a lot of the transition ideas. I think as a leader, you have to be able to say, you know, here are my goals. Just like Wes said, and when we get to these goals, then I'm ready to to, to step out and let somebody come in. And you can't keep moving the goalposts. I, Wes, I've been you know listening to the book Psychology of Money that you. You know, you've read. Mm -hmm. I'm just in that section about that most of us just keep moving the goalposts. Like, oh yeah, I made a million. Well, now I want two. I made two. I want four. You know, and and I'm sure that's very common for all business owners. It's like, oh, I never thought I'd make do this well. Well, now I want to do even more. But if you said, hey, if I've got five million dollars in cash and this much real estate, I'm done. You know, let the next person come on. You should stick with that.
0: That's an interesting one, you know, I, and I just finished up the book, too. I'm glad I recommended that to you guys. Nah, just kidding, Wes. I think that I was, that you was guys yours. Guys, <laughs> like, like, years ago, I said, you guys
2: have got to read this. Even before it was published, I said, you guys yeah. should read this book when it comes out after it's written. And You've you guys, always had
0: that vision, Brooks. Yeah. I'm
2: visionary. <laughs> but I think,
0: too, with, I don't know what the personality would be, but, you know, could be business leader or, you know, entrepreneur, you know, just hard drivers you know, the tendency to move the goalpost, I can see part of it is like, if you're just trying to see what your potential is, then sometimes you set the marker somewhere. And then if you get there, you're like, well, I wonder if I can do more. And and I think that's a, just a really challenging one to put the goalpost out there and then, and then commit to it. And, but I think w- what I'm hearing from you guys, is like you have to do that in these types of situations, because there's, other people involved. And maybe you say, okay, I'm going to put the goalposts there, but then if I want to keep pushing, I'm going to go start something different and just go, you know, go over there because that's a way to maybe marry both of those concepts together. Yeah, if, you want,
2: if, you're, if, one of, if one of your goals is to transition this business to your, you know, to other family members, you, you have to get out of the way. you got to draw the
0: line of, in the sand somewhere, right? Yeah.
2: Cause if they're not a family member, how they're going to grow is they're going to go work at a different company. And that's, and you see that as just being, oh, that's natural. I mean, I don't have a a spot for Bob here anymore and he needs to grow in his career. He's going to move on. Well, Bob's free to do that because he's not related to you. If you have your kids working for you or nephews or nieces, and they feel some sort of family responsibility, you know, they don't have the freedom to exit like a non-family. So like, oh, well, you know, I've got this family commitment and there's all these other emotions that go into that. So I think that's where as a leader, as a, it, you know, you have to, you have to help that younger, that next generation, you know, train them and have them understand how that works and get out of the way so they can continue their growth.
1: Permission to use an analogy? Granted.
2: Please well, do. I hope, I, do. Yeah. I hope this is going to be an analogous situation. Let's go.
0: Yeah. But now the pressure's on it better be a good
1: one.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I know that it <laughs> is. <laughs> so
1: I think it's analogous to playing a game, right? business is the game and you is the creator of the game you've created this game of business and if you've invited these other people into play so you've invited your employees into play you've invited your family members into play everyone's playing the game if the rules aren't clear or worse yet you change the rules in the game eventually people will stop wanting to play the game And then you will be stuck uh, all by yourself without anyone here to to play the game with you. And, you know, you'll just be stuck with the the game pieces and the board and that's it. So I, I think that's a good way to look at it is, hey, you know, if you change the rules of the game in the midst of the game, people have a high, most people have a high degree of fairness, you know, what they perceive as being fair or not fair. And so they'll excuse themselves. You know, maybe not right away, but eventually.
0: That was a pretty good analogy, you know? Yeah, oh, you know, okay, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, maybe Brooks thought differently, but... I thought it was fancy, really, <clears throat> I, you know, I didn't even know what analogy meant
2: until he brought it up, and now I'm yeah. like, oh,
0: that's a big Oh, yeah, yeah, it's similar to this, I see. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I, I mean... That's, I think that is a good analogy because what I'm hearing from you guys is the goalpost and kind of like the agreement of what you've talked about as a transition plan. Like everyone's kind of going down that path. And then all of a sudden, if you just go, well, let's go a little further before, you know, then, then at that point that like snaps everyone into frustration because they're like, wait, you know, we were all under this agreement and now it changed. And so I guess, do you guys recommend like getting that documented as like, you know, you have your estate plan, but then you're like documenting and signing like something else, or how does that, you know, especially if you're having to talk about it every year to update it, I don't know this stuff, just oh, the more no. you talk about it, the messier it
1: feels. I <laughs> yeah. I don't know that it's a signed yeah. document. Maybe oh, don't agree. I think it's no. just a it's a living document, but I, I think that that honesty piece of saying, because if you do change it i mean there may be a legitimate reason to change it so i mean i made that analogy but but at that point if you decide you're going to change the rules of the game or how long the game's going to take or any of those types of things then you need to get all the players to buy in or someone's going to flip the board and walk out
0: so it's more yeah. like a backyard game where you, you're playing, but then there's this cool little add-on and everyone's like, yes, we'll do yes. that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, if, if you've ever played darts, <laughs> <laughs> so those of you old enough all know the game of jarts, right. Which is lawn darts, which is probably the greatest game ever developed, which is Fantastic. essentially, you know, you know, get your lawn darts about this long. It's got a sharp pointing end and, you play it on the grass and you put a circle down at one end and you try to throw the jarts in. Incredibly dangerous. Now, I mean, you know, they they never get approved today, but to that point of being dangerous, if you change the rules too many times, someone's going to throw a jart at you. (laughs) (laughs) So you've got to be careful. So what are the, I
0: guess, the takeaways for people with, with this? I mean, if we were to kind of summarize, I don't know the last several episodes, as we've been talking, it just feels like no wonder this, this doesn't happen. It's just, it, you guys have mentioned it, it's a lot of work. You really got to want to transition the business and that's got to be kind of your top priority above money and like personal growth and your other things, because if those things take a top seat. It feels like the rest of it has just a smaller and smaller chance of, of working out. So I guess Brooks, you know, if you were to kind of summarize a few takeaways for people with this discussion, what would you say?
2: Well, yeah, the takeaways would be if you're thinking about building a family business and you you have the potential of some family members to come into the business is be clear about what your financial goals are. And then take those financial goals and plug them into your business model and see how those would work and then be willing to commit to those financial goals and then meet with your other potential family members who are gonna come and say, hey, once I achieve these family goals, I'm gonna be ready to transition this company over. And then you discuss how, what that transition plan would look like and then get input from those, those family members and see if they're interested. You may find, they're like, yeah, I'm fine working here, but I'm really not interested. In and I probably was only gonna be here another year. You'll get all sorts of different responses. You'll be very surprised at, but figure out what your financial goals are. And be willing to meet and, and share those with your family members and say, hey, when we get to these goals, I'm ready to make the transition. And people can then see, oh, man, that's a 20-year runway or it's a two-year runway. So I would say those are kind of the two most critical things. I don't know, Wes, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I just double down on the communication piece and thorough, complete and honest communication on a regular basis. And don't leave any of the family out of the communication discussion. So make sure if there's siblings both in and out of the business or could be everyone uh, understands once again, what the rules are, even if they're not playing in that particular game.
0: Good advice. Yeah. Yeah. And for everybody listening too, if you guys are working through some of these types of scenarios, you know, feel free to shoot us a message, leave a comment on one of the show notes or send us an email at uh, hello at builderfunnel.com or radio at builderfunnel.com. And we love to to hear about those. And, and if you guys have specific questions, we'll bring those onto the show and we can kind of talk through them because I don't know, it, it feels like every situation is very unique, very different, but there's still a, some good strategy pieces to move through those, but it's it doesn't happen. and And it doesn't happen usually to multiple generations. And it's just, So I think uh, just sharing different stories and, and communicating about this stuff will help people go down that path if they so choose. So take us up on that. Shoot us a quick note. And as always, we appreciate you guys listening. We'll see you next week here on Building a Family Business on Builder Funnel Radio.